Amen. So Joshua chapter four, um, we're gonna read just uh, a few verses together, starting in verse one. This is a real cool story. It says, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them saying, take 12 stones uh, from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. So if you don't know what just previously happened in the book of Joshua, it was an amazing miracle. After wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, God told the children of Israel he was going to bring them into the promised land. The priests stepped foot into the Jordan River, and right when they did that, the Jordan River miraculously parted. We all know of Moses crossing the Red Sea. Well, this is another phenomenon like that. They set foot in the river, the river parted, and the children of Israel went over uh, into the promised land through the Jordan River, having been miraculously parted, and God now tells Joshua, who's the leader of Israel at this time, to have 12 men, one from each tribe, take a stone out of the river where they were standing on dry ground and bring it across with them into the promised land. So verse 4 says, then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So this was, again, a a real historic moment in the history of the nation of Israel coming into the promised land, a promise that God had given hundreds of years earlier. And now as it's being fulfilled, God tells them, hey, this is really a monumental moment in, in, in their relationship with God. And God said, this is something I don't want you guys to forget. And in order to not forget it, I want you guys to build literally a memorial so that when future generations come, they're going to see this random stack of 12 rocks and go, why is there 12 rocks stacked up here? And you're then going to tell them the story of how the Lord led you guys out of Egypt, brought you over the Red Sea miraculously to bring you to this land. And it's amazing that God tells the people of Israel to do this. We actually see this all throughout the scripture. At historic moments, God commands the people of Israel certain things so they won't forget what God's done. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 32, God said, let an omer of manna be kept throughout your generations so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And that was actually one of the three things that was carried in the Ark of the Covenant. It was the manna that God brought from heaven. You guys might remember that story. They were wandering in the wilderness. They were complaining that they didn't have any food and God miraculously sent bread from heaven to feed the children of Israel for 40 years. So God told them, hey, I want you guys to keep a piece of that bread with you in a jar in the Ark of the Covenant so that for the history of the rest of the nation, they would all remember, man, remember when God provided miraculously bread from heaven? And then these stones, man, remember when God miraculously 
famously parted the Red Sea for us to be able to go across into the Jordan River. And so this is a common theme we see all throughout the scripture, God calling his people to look back and remember what he's done in their life and remember their faithfulness. And I just think that as we're here coming to a close with the year 2017, that this is a perfect time um, for us to do that. It's a perfect time to look back on our year and remember all that God's done for us. And so I want to do that uh, first off as a, as a family. I want to look back at just the history of what's really transpired over the last year leading up to this church plant, all the stuff that took place behind the scenes, and then the last three months, what God's been doing as well. So uh, we're going to take some time here, and I'm going to share some of my um, journal entries with you guys that I've been journaling. It's something I do um, on occasion when God really puts things on my heart. I felt it would be important to share with you guys some of my journal entries and some of my prayers and um, heart for the church before we even planted, and then journal entries throughout the history of what's been happening in the last three months of the church as well. So we're really going to reflect on what God's done here uh, in this community, here through this church. And then as I stated earlier, we're also going to take some time for you guys um, to just personally, in the quietness of your heart, just really think and meditate on your past year and say, man, what what has God done? And we're going to have some time for you guys to be able to journal those thoughts out, uh, whether it's through your iPhone or whether it's on a pen and paper. I want to provide an opportunity for us to just reflect on our year and remember how faithful God's been in our life. And uh, one more verse, I love this, Psalm 77, verse 11 through 12. It says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. So that's what we're gonna do right now corporately. We're gonna meditate and remember on uh, the mighty deeds of the Lord and really what he's done. So um, I brought my journal and there's just a few entries I wanna read to you guys um, from this past year, 2017. Um, My first journal entry was January 24th and uh, I was still living in Eugene at this time. We had been discussing church planting and coming to Ashland, and we were just kind of in the initial stages trying to figure out what that looked like. And um, uh, on this day, I journaled. Um, I was just at, in my employee review with Wes and Rick, who were kind of my bosses at this old church I was at, and we were talking about church planting and specifically money. I told them, I am confident that God will provide for everything we need during the church plant because it's his church. I remember telling them something I had recently heard on a leadership podcast, what the king wants, the king pays for. It was a podcast I was listening to, and I was like, dude, that's good. I don't remember who said it, but I was like, we're planting a church. We don't got a lot of money, but what the king wants, the king pays for. So I told them that, and it it says, uh, they both thought that that was a really cool quote. 30 minutes after my review, 30 minutes after this, Wes uh, texted me and said, come back into my office. I have some crazy news to tell you. I went back and he said, right after our meeting, an older man from the church came by and dropped off a check for $7,500 to help support the church plant. I was in shock and couldn't believe right after we were talking about God providing that he actually did. I wanted to journal this as a testimony of God's faithfulness and provision. I know that in the church plant, there will be financially difficult seasons, but I trust that through all of this, God will always come through. So that was my first journal injury. It was 
quite amazing. I was blown away at just the generosity of some random guy from the church who I didn't even know personally who came and dropped that off. There's another entry from um, March 1st, uh, just a real similar one. Today, some guy from the church came into the office and dropped off a check for $9,500 to help support the church. I then continued to journal. Like, I'm just blown away that so many people are um, being so supportive of what's taking place. Um, Another real important entry that I wanted to share with you guys was from um, March 2nd. Um, We were about four months away from actually moving to Ashland. This was a time where I was starting to get just really stressed out and really starting to feel the weight of all that needed to take place before we actually launched the church. And so um, this is my journal entry from uh, that day. It says, this morning I was reading Exodus 33 and the Lord really spoke to me concerning some of the fears I have uh, about church planting. The first thing I've been worrying about is building a team of people to help out with all the various needs that go into planting a church. I've been stressed out about trying to find so many volunteers to start up the kids ministry and finding worship people and people to help with hospitality and all the other small tasks that go into church planting. This has honestly been one of the greatest points of stress in my entire life. The word of the Lord um, the word the Lord gave me concerning this was so clear and brought so much peace. Exodus thirty-three, twelve. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have found favor in my sight. Moses was given a great task, but did not know who was going to help him accomplish it. And the Lord told him, I know your name. I know God has called me to the great task of church planting, but I know I'm not capable of doing it by myself. Even though I don't know who will go with me to help fulfill the vision God has given me for the church, I know that God knows my name and has called me to this work and reach the people of Ashland. God is calling me by name to step out in faith, even though I don't have everyone I need to make everything work like I have envisioned. He is calling me to walk in obedience by faith and not by sight. Thank you, God, that you know my name and have called me to this great task. Thank you for your grace and favor upon my life. Help me maintain faithful to my calling, no matter what obstacles I might face. So that was honestly one of my greatest fears Um, coming to do something like this was just trying to figure out like, man, like I can't do this. I can't carry this weight. I can't do this by myself. And um, it's honestly been um, just a huge blessing how many people in this community have been supporting us. How many of you guys have been helping? We have over 48 people who are volunteering, which is like a third of the body, which is amazing. (laughs) I think that might be like the highest percentage in any church of volunteers. So, yeah, I wanted to say thank you to you guys who who do that. Um, It takes a lot of work for these musicians putting a set together every week. People are helping out and the kids providing a safe environment where kids can come and learn about Jesus, making coffee, setting up, tearing down. Um, It's a pretty large production that we're trying to do here every single week. And... um, I had so many fears about how we were actually going to be able to do that, but it's just been amazing seeing God's faithfulness, just putting it on people's heart like you guys um, to support it and to serve, even if it's just tearing chairs down afterwards um, or hanging out with the kids once a month. Um, I wanted to say thank you to you guys for all you guys are doing to just continue to make this possible. It's been amazing. So thank you guys. Um, 
another entry from July 20th. It says, I'm less than two weeks away from making the move down to Ashland. I'm really starting to feel the pressure and weight of how much work and time and energy goes into starting a new church. To To be completely honest, I've not been pursuing Jesus enough and being refreshed in his presence. I've been struggling to make my time with him an everyday priority. I know that this is really what I need because only Jesus can give me fresh peace and joy and strength in the midst of this chaotic season. I have so much on my plate right now that I need to figure out before we launch the church. I feel overwhelmed by all the small details that go into starting a church, and I'm more and more realizing how critical it is for me to surround myself with people whose gifts can complement mine. I'm praying that the Lord will bring the right people alongside me to help carry some of the weight. So that was just another uh, entry of just getting ready to come and uh, just feeling the weight and all that kind of stuff. And um, this this next one's kind of long, so I won't read it, but I'll just fill you guys in uh, on what happened. It was a week before uh, we were actually going to move from Eugene down to Ashland. My wife and I decided to get a three-bedroom house from what, with one of my buddies who had lived here. Um, as you guys know, the Ashland market is insane. Like less than 1% of the houses is on the market for like a day and then it's gone. So we like got this amazing house. We were super stoked on it. Well, three days before we actually had to be out of our apartment in Eugene and move here, um, the, the real estate company called us and was like, hey, um, this lady who was going to give you the house, she decided she's actually going to go with the next people in line because she decided that she doesn't want pets. And there's no way we're getting rid of Asher, big boy, and baby. Okay, that's our two cats. They do have an Instagram, yes, if you want to check them out. So I was like, dude, that's like not going to work. Like, that's my kids right now. You know what I'm saying? So... I was like, shoot, we were like freaking out three days before we had to be here. We didn't have a place to live. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. It was just adding to the stress and the chaos. So I got on Craigslist, which I'd already looked every day for weeks and months trying to find a house. It's crazy. I got on and there had been a new entry that was posted like two hours ago. And uh, it was a one bedroom house on Church Street. And I was like... (laughs) okay, Lord, what are you doing here? You know, I was coming to Ashland to plant the church. He's like, I got a house on church street. So I was like, dude, this has to be the Lord. So there was no pictures, which I was like super, super sketched out, but I didn't really have any options. I was like, you know what? Like I have to be there in three days. So we're just applying. So we applied for this house on church street. The next day we actually drove down and we're like creeping in the windows. And I was like, dude, this is pretty legit. It's like a small one bedroom house. Perfect for us though. And then the next day we actually got accepted. So we actually like signed the documents on our house the day that we actually moved down here. It was crazy. So that was just another thing that the Lord did providing a perfect location. There's a ton of Sunday mornings when we're setting up and we're like, oh shoot, we need this. And my house is just two blocks up the street. So we just run up there and get it. We did that this morning. It's like, shoot, we forgot to print off the worship sheets, run up, print them off, come back. So the Lord knew like the chaos of a church plant and knew we needed to be close by. And uh, he, he totally hooked that up and totally blessed that, which was amazing. Um, the final entry I want to read you guys is from uh, August 27th, which was actually, we'd been here in town a couple of weeks and it was our first Sunday gathering that we hosted at Lithia Park. Um, so about for six weeks before we actually launched in the community center, we did these community connects at the park. And this was after our first official gathering in the park, August 27th. Um, Today was our first Sunday gathering in the park. It was so cool, and we had about 25 people come out. We all got to hang out 
and meet each other for about 45 minutes before. And I shared from the parable of the sower about being a church that sows kingdom seeds to everyone, not just good soil. Getting to hear the stories of how people heard about us has been so amazing. One couple just moved down here from Portland a few months ago. And last week when they were up in Salem watching the eclipse, hashtag totality, they heard someone talking about our new church in Ashland and they decided to come and check it out. That was crazy. These people showed up at the park and never seen them like, how'd you guys hear about us? They were like, we were in Salem watching the eclipse and these random people next to us were talking about a new church in Ashland. I don't even know anyone in Salem, so I don't know who those people were, but they told them about the church and then they looked on our website and like came and found us. It was amazing. Um, uh, it was also cool getting to see some people I went to high school with coming out to support us. I also met a couple who lived in Maui right before me, who my old pastor Dom told them about our new church plant, and we had so many common relationships. It was also cool seeing Josh and Jackie Staunton come out, and Jackie was so encouraged um, and so excited to be in this community again. I also announced how we had just locked in the community center right across the street from Lithia Park for our Sunday gathering spot. The Lord has given us so much favor uh, with the city to be able to be in this location, which is perfectly fit into our budget. Uh, Today was just an all-around amazing day, and after my teaching, everyone hung out at the park for so long, building relationships and uh, getting to hear each other's story, which has been a huge part of our vision from day one. It's so cool to see the vision God has given us coming to fruition. The final thing that was amazing was at the end of the day, James called me over to read this sign that was right under a giant oak tree that we had met under. The sign said, this tree is native to eastern parts of the U.S. and Canada. Though usually 70 or 80 feet high, some trees may reach 150 feet. It is often planted as a park shade tree in uh, parks in part for its rich fall coloring. Although we think of oaks growing slowly, this species is categorized by a rapid growth rate. So this was a sign under a tree that we had met on. It was an oak tree, and it said they normally grow 70 or 80 feet, but this specific one is known for uh, growing rapidly, like which normally doesn't happen with oak trees. I then wrote, James and I both felt like this was a prophetic word from the Lord uh, about how he wanted to grow his church here in Ashland. It was pretty crazy, especially since I had just taught on how kingdom seeds have the potential to produce a hundredfold return. We believe that this is what God is doing in Ashland. As we share the gospel with all people, we are going to see a great harvest of souls. James also shared a verse about oaks that I believe was prophetic. Isaiah 61 verse 1 through 4. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me out to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and uh, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined city, the devastations of many generations. We believe that this is what God is doing in Ashland. He is planting us as an oak of righteousness for his glory in this city. He will use us to set the captives free and to bring joy and comfort to the people of Ashland who are hopeless. We will see God restore and repair and redeem brokenness in this city. 
the Lord is doing something far greater and bigger than we can even comprehend. The plans that he has for this city are not man's plans, but his own, and he will bring them to pass for his kingdom and for his glory and for his honor forever. Amen. So, yeah, amen. Let's give that up. So here's what's crazy. That was our first gathering ever. We were at the park for six weeks with about 20 people. And we, and, and we had received this word from the Lord that we thought was prophetic. We thought it was from the Lord. As you guys know, who, who maybe have been here from day one, from the time that we moved from the park, 20 people for six weeks, till the time we came into the community center, every single week has, has been what you guys see right now. God has been doing something supernatural in growing his church like we sense in our spirit God was doing, that he was building a community of people, that he was going to grow us into an oak of righteousness in this city. And it's been so cool, like personally, to see what God's been doing. I have three friends who I'm, I'm super close with who have all planted churches. They've all said, what's happening here to have this many people three months into a church or from day one when we were here October 1st, they said that does doesn't happen like that that doesn't happen the average church in america is 75 people we're we've already exceeded the average like it's crazy and this is what god is doing this is what happens when we god's people hear and listen to god's spirit and step out in obedience and walk by faith even when it doesn't make sense because coming here was was crazy there were so many obstacles it it didn't make sense and we said you know what we're going to walk in obedience to what god wants to do and we're just going to get on board with what God's already doing. And he's been doing something amazing. And you guys are all a part of that. The story that God has for this community, each and every one of you guys who are here is a part of that. And it's amazing. And so first off, thank you all for supporting us and for being a part of this. And and secondly, I want to continue just to put the vision before us as a church, which I shared from day one, being a church who sows gospel seeds on all type of soil. That's what we're about here. We don't want this church to be a Christian country club. We want it to be a church where anybody from any walk of life, no matter what their past background or struggles or things they're dealing with is, they can come in here freely and and be greeted and be loved and be welcomed and have a true encounter with Jesus as we proclaim the gospel. So I want to encourage us as a church family going into the next year, we're the ones who establish a culture. Like you can come and just sit by yourself the whole time or you could go and meet some people you don't know and begin to build relationships. And so I wanna encourage us and challenge us. This is a family and it's a family where anybody's welcome. And so if you see people coming in who you've never met before, man, let's make this a church that welcomes and loves and invites all people no matter where they're at in life. And if we continue to do that, we're gonna see like more of the vision God's given us come to pass. We're gonna continue to see supernatural exponential growth. We're gonna continue to see people come and get discipled and give their lives to Jesus. And it's so cool for me personally, just to be, a, to be able to lead a church like this where, where we're actually seeing a genuine move of God's spirit in this city. Um, it's phenomenal. So thank you guys so much for being a part of this. And I wanna just encourage us um, to continue uh, to be a church that just reaches out beyond these walls. Again, church isn't about Sunday morning coming together and gathering. That's one small portion 
sin, the majority of it is scattering throughout the week in our workplace, um, in our schools, in our homes, and being disciples of Jesus and loving people exactly where they're at. So um, that was the first portion I wanted to share with you guys of just what God's done um, in this church in the last three months, kind of what he's done in my year. Uh, life in the past year. And again, it's, it's so important to take uh, just time throughout really our life to, to have those moments where you sit and reflect on all God's done and just give thanks. And uh, man, it's, it's been a blessing for me over the past couple of days, just thinking and reading through. I, I only read a, a small portion of my journal entries. If I read them all to you, like it's mind blowing how many things God has been doing, how many things he put in my heart that we're seeing come to pass. And it's just amazing. And so what I wanted to do now as we transition um, is to take some time as we're closing out the year for you guys um, to be able to look back and reflect and ponder uh, really what God's done in your life in this last season. It could be the last three months from when you started coming here. It could just be the last year, but I wanna just provide an opportunity for us individually to just go before the Lord and spend some time before the Lord just thinking and meditating on what he's done in your life in the last year. And maybe in your heart, you'll give prayers of thanks. Uh, maybe you're just gonna be like, man, Lord, like, thank you for this. Maybe he's opened doors that you never thought could possibly be opened. And uh, I just think it's important as we're closing out the year to give glory to God and to give praise to God for all he's done, not just in our church, but in your lives individually, because you all have a story that God is writing. And it's just so important to be able to take that time to reflect and give thanks on what God's done. So I wanna encourage you in this time, if you have an idea, phone or Android or something that takes note, man, like having a journal where you actually write things down and then you go read them like years or months later and you see like, oh my gosh, God's actually doing this. It's so encouraging. And sometimes when we don't, like if I didn't write this stuff down, there's no way I'd remember like all these things and all these promises God gave me. So I wanna provide an opportunity for us to do that. If you have a journal, you can get that out. If you have a phone, I wanna encourage you just get that out and just think through and write down some of the things that God's done in your life in this last year as a memorial stone. Like the children of Israel, when they crossed over the river, he said, build a stone so that future generations will remember this. And so we're going to take about 10 minutes um, to just in, in the quietness of our own heart, right where you're sitting, to just go before the Lord and just think through what it is that he's been doing in your life. You can journal it. You can give thanks, however that is. And then uh, after about 10 minutes, I'll come back up and we'll take communion together and then close out uh, with some worship. So let's just go before the Lord and have some time remembering and reflecting on what he's done in our life.